guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is Creogs over, over coffee. coffee. All right, back with us today again is Michael Foley. Michael, thank you again. And I understand today you got some big updates with us yet again in the student loan space. That yet again, the saga continues, Nick, you know, and so I, I appreciate you having me back on and uh, looking forward to going over some of these updates with you guys. Well, perfect. So just as we always start these episodes with you, Michael, we'll read off a little disclaimer. So Michael is a comprehensive financial advisor running his practice out of Scottsdale, Arizona under North Star Resource Group. He was trained at Duke University and holds his certified financial planner designation alongside his certified student loan professional designation. And although Michael serves a diverse group of clients with financial and student loan needs, he has two physician parents and he's found a specialty in working with us in the healthcare space. Michael is a registered representative and investment advisor, representative of Securian Financial Services. Those securities and investments advisory services are offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated at 6720 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 290 in Scottsdale, Arizona, 85253. All right. So we've gone through that. Um, let's get into the good stuff, Michael. So first off, I understand the kind of big first thing is about PSLF for um, public service loan forgiveness, correct? That's right. Yeah, there's uh, lots of lots of changes going on in that space these days. And so um, you know, I think the, the big thing happening is around the, the PSLF waiver. And so all the way up into, you know, I've talked with many, many of the listeners, you know, about this waiver that has been happening. And, uh, this is a deadline was October 31st to make sure that we can get retroactive credit for time that maybe we we're on the wrong repayment plan or maybe we didn't have the right types of loans and we needed to consolidate the loans. Um, lots of things that they made a lot more uh, favorable and make it easier for people to get qualified credit for the retroactively for the PSLF program. Um, so it was a big rush right into the end and trying to get those consolidations, get those uh, employer certification forms submitted. Um, and then, of course, that Monday thereafter, they announced that, hey, well, a lot of the benefits of this waiver are now extended. So they now Classic. have, uh, yeah, leave it to the Department of Education on this one, right? Um, it could have saved a lot in postage, just uh, not rush ordering, you know, some of these employer certifications, right? But, uh, you know, it's uh, hindsight's twenty twenty on this one. But, you know, we can, uh, what we want to make sure is that people know about this, though. And so that's why I wanted to, you know, chat with you guys again to make sure that, you know, listeners know that, hey, a lot of the benefits of this PSLF waiver are now all the way extended through uh, July of 2023 now. And so, um, so the big thing that, you know, want to go over is kind of just what are, you know, what, what do you have to do now? And so really, if you have any of those old types of loans, they're called uh, commercially held federal loans or the federal family education loans. Um, they're the old types of loans that you might've taken out in the early 2000s if you, if you have any of those those would need to be consolidated into the direct loan program. <clears throat> and so we would need to do that now prior to May 1st of 2023. So as long as that consolidation is, is you know, the application is submitted prior to then, then we're golden. And then we probably still won't see an update in the, in the account until that July of 2023 when they do a whole other adjustment to, to the program. All right. So the new target is July 2023. Um, 
kind of remind us, Michael, a little bit about sort of some things with respect to getting that PSLF credit. And then I understand there's some changes with respect to payments or employments or other things too that, that are affecting eligibility or what this might look like for folks. Yeah, absolutely. So they are uh, really, they've really changed a good, good bit of really meaningful uh, rules that uh, have been around on the PSLF program that have been really limiting for folks. And so they're making some permanent changes to the PSLF program starting after July of 2023. Just as a general rule, we still have to be working at a qualified employer. So those are the nonprofits, the universities, the government organizations, you know, if you look at the VA accounts. Um, we have to be working at a qualified employer. We have to be making eligible payments, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But usually what that means, we have to be on an income-driven repayment plan, making a payment based off of your income. And then we have to be doing that for 120 months. So it doesn't have to be consecutive, but we do have to still have that for 120 months. But as long as we get this stuff in uh, prior to... Those eligible payments mean that pretty much anything, any repayment plan that you were on for any federal loan, um, you know, if they're not direct loans, we had consolidated them before May, but we can still get credit for them. And even past that, we're, you know, we're going to be able to get that all the way until July. So big opportunities for us to get the retroactive credit. But now moving forward, they made some key, you know, we're trying to kind of go back to the same normal rules, but, uh, for everything else. So we got to make sure we're crossing our T's, dotting our I's, but, some cool things that they're adjusting is that now borrowers can actually make retroactive payments for any time frame that maybe they were in deferment or, you know, maybe, you know, we've had a lot of clients that said, Hey, I, I deferred during residency and I really wish that I hadn't <laughs> because I would have, would have loved to have those four years counted, uh, for PSLF. Uh, well, now they're going to have an opportunity for you to go back and they'll actually look to see what your payment would be. And then you can make retroactive payments. And I can tell you a lot of clients, you know, who maybe, you know, are, are now earning as an attending can go back if they could get even a year of, you know, retroactive credit off of a resident income and maybe, you know, a resident may be paying 300 bucks a month cut a check for $3,600, you know, that's pretty close to, you know, one monthly payment when you're an attending. Yeah, <laughs> no so, kidding. And that can be a whole year counted um, towards PSLF, uh, you know, credit now. So that's going to be a huge opportunity that we're going to want to look at towards the future. So, you know, again, don't rule the, these programs out just yet. Um, the uh, the other thing that's a big uh, thing, more of a, uh, you know, a thing that we got to keep an eye on and just be really uh, cautious of is, they're coming out with this new consolidation rule. And so typically, you know, uh, what happens when you consolidate the loans? Um, it's always been a little bit of a mixed bag if you're getting the longer of the repayment history of that loan that you're consolidating together or how that's all going to work. And so they've come out with some new guidelines and they're actually going to be doing a weighted average of months. So let me explain how this is going to work. Leave it to the Department of Education to make it even another step further of complicated, right? You know, what are the weighted average of months? Yeah, no kidding. Months? What is that? Right. So essentially, if you have one loan that has a balance of maybe $30,000, um, but you have, let's say, you know, 60 months counted for on that one loan for the PSLF program. And if you do a consolidation with another loan that's also $30,000, but has no months counted, well, when you consolidate the two, the new consolidation loan is actually going to have 30 PSLF payments. So 
now you could really be shooting yourself in the foot by consolidating these and really losing out on you know the potential 30 months of payments uh, maybe inadvertently so we got to be really cautious to make sure that if we do need to do these consolidations for that really just focusing in on the the ones that we have to consolidate but not just grouping all the loans together and consolidating all of them because we really could be hurting ourselves while down the line so so that's another big rule um the other cool things that the last two ones that are uh one is more impactful than the other but uh one is just they've gotten rid of the full-time uh employment guidelines now uh for those of you who are working part-time you still do have to work 30 hours per week so they do just they did just put a 30 hour per week so even in some instances that's still considered full-time for many institutions but there were some of our clients that were maybe working at 70 or 80 percent and that wasn't being you know full-time for their employer and so as long as you're working a you know flat 30 hours per week or more you're able to get credit um, but this last update is huge for those folks that are in texas or in california so what happens in those states, and many of you guys might be familiar with this already because you're in this situation is that a lot of the organizations or hospitals in those states um, by state law aren't able to hire the physician on staff for that hospital and truly be employed by that hospital system. And so what happens is they have a group that contracts with that hospital. And this is due to state law um, so that they actually cannot hire physicians on staff for that. So if you fall into that category, so this is not just saying if you're, you know, a contractor with, you know, with a hospital, but you know, maybe doing locums or something like that. That doesn't, that's not the same. If you're prevented by state law from being able to be, you know, have access to that, which many of our clients are, um, they're actually allowing those physicians to get credit for PSLF now. So that's been a huge game changer for so many of our clients that, you know, we've just in those states historically had a lot of issues with, uh, with not, you know, working all of your hours at this qualifying institution, but not being able to get credit. So um, if you fall into that category in California or Texas, you know, let's really reconsider this PSLF program. And, you know, since we do have until the end of this year, we to get refunds on what we have paid all the way throughout COVID, now might be the time to be looking at doing that. Because um, this is really a, a unique opportunity because a lot of our clients might be paying heavily towards their loans throughout COVID. Um, but if we could get it forgiven, maybe in a few years, you know, we might want that money back. Yeah, those are huge updates. Um, and I mean, again, like shout out for those Texas and California physicians that might be impacted by that. And then um, I also appreciate too, you know, I think a lot of people have looked at this time point and said consolidation is the right answer, but just kind of a, a time to say like, oh, hold your horses on that because maybe you're shooting yourself in the foot with some of these new rules um, if you're still looking to get into that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so many people are, you know, really wanting to, they're, you know, being berated by the the refinancing companies these days. And, um, you know, don't give in just yet. So, Michael, it sounds like, unfortunately, with this uh, forgiveness, that it's um, unfortunately getting snapped up in the courts, like in, in the state of Texas. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it is. Um, you know, they uh, got, got struck down by a federal judge in Texas uh, last month. And so, um, it's pretty much stopped up right now, and this is uh, this is just for the Biden forgiveness. This is for the ten thousand or the 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 twenty thousand of forgiveness. So this is totally separate from the PSLF program. A lot of people are are getting those mixed up just because they hear forgiveness, they think those are the same. But 
Uh, this is only with regards to Biden's uh, forgiveness plan. And so that's with this, this smaller amount. Um, so a lot of people are saying that he didn't have the jurisdiction to give that amount of money out to so many people under the certain income thresholds. And so we're, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing how it's all going to play out here, but it's actually being escalated up all the way to the Supreme Court at this point now. And so the Supreme Court is actually, uh, I believe they're set to review the oral, you know, they have to start their oral cases um, in February of this year. So um, that I think that, you know, it, we could see a quick turnaround on that. Either they shut it down or they approve it right away. Um, more likely than not, we might see it uh, take some time to actually get an official, uh, you know, uh, declaration if it is approved or not approved from there. But many of our clients have already gotten approval letters for in the, you know, in the mail from or their email saying that they've, you know, if they've already applied, that they've already been approved. And so that will just be automatically processed if it does go through. Um, but I wouldn't lose sleep over this. You know, this is more of um, a drop in the bucket for most of our clients. Sometimes it is, it can be quite significant or the entirety of, you know, of some folks, but a lot of our medical professionals, you know, having a, a huge amount of loans, it um, is an insignificant amount. And quite frankly, that just the, the forbearance period extension itself is saving probably more than $10,000, just an interest accrual. So, um, so we're excited to see that, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on because they actually did make the forbearance period extension now contingent upon it, which is pretty. Yeah. And you said um, that forbearance period was extended. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about some like other, you know, meaningful updates, um, especially with everything that's been going on. Things have been changing so quickly. Yeah. So let's, so let's start with the, the forbearance extension. So they did extend it. A lot of people have likely heard, you know, that it's been pushed out till June or July. Um, which is kind of true, but it's essentially the wording that has been given by the Department of Education. It says that it has been pushed out contingent upon the the uh, the for, for forming some sort of declaration on this court case. So once they decide whether it's approved or not, once it's resolved, then payments will begin sixty days thereafter. So theoretically, if they you know give the green light to approve or deny it in February, you know, payments will begin 60 days thereafter. So that would be what, April from there. So that it could could be as early as, you know, potentially April, but they said if it's not resolved by the uh, by June 30th, they're gonna be starting at 60 days thereafter, which would be September 1st. Um, and we said, they say that that's their last extension uh, ever, but uh, we've all heard that a couple times before. So I'm not, not holding my breath on that one. Right, right. So, so that's that's a huge um, huge thing that we need to keep an eye on. Um, but the biggest thing is that they are actually re extending the recertification dates. And so, what this means uh, for many of you who are, might not be as familiar with it, but if you're on an income-driven repayment plan, typically every 12 months you have to report your income or recertify your income. And so, but during COVID, we haven't had to do that because everybody's been in forbearance. And so. Um, we typically have to look at when is your recertification going to then happen. So when do you have to report your income again? And but a lot of our clients haven't reported income since like you know the beginning of 2020 for the 2019 tax year, which was maybe when they were in med school or residency still or fellowship, and now they're at attending and making a lot more money, and they really want to extend that 
you know, that payment based off of that lower income for as long as possible. And so what they have announced is that the recertification, if your anniversary of your income recertification falls uh, within six months after the loans turn back on, it's automatically going to be pushed out an entire year now. So that's a huge opportunity for us. And so we really want to be cautious not to report our income too early if we don't have to, because a lot of people may still have their 2019 income still in their system, and we don't have to show them how much money we're making until potentially you know, well into 2024 now, if that, depending on when your recertification date is. So we really got to be cautious of when we are report, reporting our income. And even for those people who, you know, essentially anyone who has made more income in 2022 than they made in 2021, this is a time that I really consult with the, a CPA to, you know, consider filing an extension because, you know, on the, from, at least from the student loan standpoint, it could be more favorable, you know, if we if we wanted to report our 2021 income and get a farther out, you know, recertification, you know, date if if needed. So definitely some strategies at play here that we want to keep an eye on. So um, definitely something we want to bring you guys' attention. Yeah, totally. Those are some great tips, Michael. What about some other, you know, actions or considerations that we should be thinking about going into the new year? People are still probably like um, thinking about forgiveness in other ways, like the PSLF, or, you know, sometimes people have talked about consolidating their loans, for example, or like, you know, refinancing their loans. So what are your your tips for for these people? Yeah, sure thing. So, you know, the, the biggest thing that I, I want people to be thinking about is just don't rule out the the public service loan forgiveness program, um, especially if you are a contractor, you know, in California or Texas, and you may now be able to get um, access to the PSLF program because of the new rules after July. Um, all, all in, don't necessarily rule that PSLF program out. Even if you missed the waiver, there's a lot of uh, a lot of movement in that space right now. So if there's any one, one takeaway. Make sure we have we don't totally rule that out if you are a physician. Um, next thing is just you know if you do have any of those old type of loans called the FEL loans or the Federal Family Education loans, uh, we really want to consider strongly in consolidating those prior to May of 2023. Now um, that's the new cutoff for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. If we want to get the, any retroactive payment on those. But we got to be really careful not to consolidate that potentially with the other loans because of this new weighted uh, weighted average consolidation rule that has come out. So we got to be really strategic and just just consolidating those ones if if we are. So definitely recommend you you know having someone take a look at it before before diving into that with these new rules coming out. Um, and then like we like we just talked about too, you know don't recertify your income too early. Um, really take a look at the strategy here. As I always tell clients, the, the Department of Head makes it really easy for you to report your income. <laughs> and they just, it's a very simple system. They ask how much you're making and you tell them how much you're making and they give you a payment. But they're not going to share with you a lot of the strategies that we can play. And I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars difference between some of these. And so really want to make sure that we're, we're thinking before we file our taxes, thinking before we recertify our income. So those are the, those are the big ones. And so, you know, make sure that we're consulting the CPA and the student loan counselor, especially if you made more in 2022 than you made in 2021 or prior years. So then um, the other, other couple of things just keep in, keep in mind is, 
Um, given in, in 2023, they, they're making the change that they don't, they, in order to change repayment plans in the future, you're not going to be penalized anymore on having the capitalization of any unpaid interest. So you fall into a camp where maybe you picked the wrong repayment plan from the get-go and we now know that and we want to get onto a different repayment plan. It might make sense to pump the brakes and just wait until after July, especially if we have a bunch of interest that's been accrued. So it doesn't get added to your principal moving forward. But so just uh, just something to think think uh, think through on that. Um, and then just the last thing is, or you know, let's keep an eye on this court case. But um, you know, remember that this is entirely separate from the public service loan forgiveness program. So um, don't rule that out. It, you know, the public service loan forgiveness program and go like refinance your loans if you see that. Oh, the forgiveness plan, you know, got shut down. That is totally separate from the the public service loan forgiveness program. Um, many people are getting that confused, but let's just make sure as we see more news come out on that, we're keeping those separate. And the last take home as we head into the new year is please be very careful if we're refinancing our loans. Um, refinancing means that you're taking your loans and you're bringing them over to a, the private sector. So you're refinancing with a private bank. Um, that is probably one of the highest liability recommendations that we can make from the financial advisor standpoint these days, given all of these changes. And it's, there's a reason why it's so high liability is because we see so many people that, you know, wish they hadn't refinanced and maybe refinanced too early. And then now found out that they were going to be a part of this program. You know, I had many clients in California, Texas that were even looking at, you know, potentially refinancing their loans because they were a contractor with their hospital. And they're like, well, we're never going to be a part of the PSLF program. And look at the new rule that just came out. And so we really want to be very cautious with that. And right now we're getting 0% interest. And who knows how long this forbearance period is going to send out. So, um, you know, definitely think very carefully before we jump ship because we can never go back to the federal programs. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Michael, for coming onto the podcast. These are definitely some really helpful tips, um, especially with all the new changes that have been coming out um, from the government. All right. Well, I think that does it for today. So once again, this is Nick. This is Faye. And this has been Creogs Over Coffee. So guys, if you love the podcast, head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever your podcatcher is, and give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Creogs River Coffee One, on Facebook and Instagram at Creogs River Coffee. And you can also donate to the show on our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Coffee. You can find show notes for this and all of our previous episodes, as well as the Rosh Review Question of the Week on our website, CreogsRiverCoffee.com. And if you want to reach out to Ed, reach out to us, have any other suggestions about episodes, corrections, go ahead and email us, CreogsRiverCoffee at gmail.com. 